Hey, and welcome to Partake. Today I want to talk about the Christian disciple and the Lord's Prayer. Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This is, in all probability, the prayer that is most frequently used and repeated by those professing to be Christian disciples, and also by those who are not. It is often called the Lord's Prayer. This is not because Jesus himself would have prayed it, for as he was sinless, he would have had no need to have said to God, Forgive me my debts, Matthew 6 verse 12. It was given by Jesus as a model for his disciples' prayers to be like. Hence Jesus saying, How you should pray, Matthew 6 verse 9. When it is spoken and prayed, I wonder if some people truly understand what is being prayed. Father By calling God Father, this implies that God is in a personal relationship with the disciple, and that by recalling him as a loving and generous Father, God is not impersonal, but wants to be approached intimately, just as a child approaches its daddy. By saying, Our Father, the individual Christian disciples should realise they are not alone, but that they are part of a wider church family. Holy! When we call God holy, it is symbolic of our intimate adoration of Him. It means we are to place Him and His purposes at the top of our list. God is to be our number one priority in all aspects of life and the world. His glory, His kingdom and His will are to be our supreme concern, high above our own needs and the needs of others. Kingdom. God is a king and he rules. This is where the Christian disciple prays that the gospel will spread far and wide and that God's kingdom will grow until the time when Jesus Christ returns in glory to rule with majesty and honour. Will. As God is holy and a king, his will is already being done in heaven. The Christian disciple is to pray that life here on earth will approximate life in heaven. The Christian disciple wanting to place God as number one priority and to see God's kingdom spread will also pray that God's will be top priority as well. They are the three priorities for a Christian disciple. That God will be number one, that his kingdom will spread and that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And supply. This signifies that the Christian disciple is needing to rely on and trust in God for all things that are necessary for life to continue. So often, particularly in the Western world, we rely on our own finances, our own goods to supply our needs and forget that God has provided for all our needs that way. As Christian disciples, we are to be thankful for all the good gifts that God our Father has supplied to us, often without our needing to ask Him. 
Forgiveness. Forgiveness, of course, is a major part of Christianity, both in the way that God forgives us when we come to him in penitence and repentance, but also in the way Christian disciples forgive others and themselves. Asking for forgiveness can be one of the hardest things we need to do. In times like that, we need to stop and consider Jesus Christ and the enormity of his forgiveness. If he forgave us for all we have done wrong, then we should also forgive others, regardless of how difficult that might be to do. Forgiveness deals with our emotional responses towards an offender. Forgiveness enables us to have the same openness toward the person after they offend us as before. When we forgive the offender, the hurt and the wound will start to diminish. This is helped when we realise Jesus Christ understands and that we can use these experiences for our eternal advantage. Temptation. It's an undeniable and inevitable fact of the Christian disciples' life. But it is good to know that temptations are common experiences for all Christian disciples and not just for individuals, no matter what we may think. An important thing to note is that temptation itself is not sin. Rather, it is the giving into temptation that causes the Christian disciple to sin. One of the keys to living a righteous life and not sinning is by dealing with temptation the very moment it confronts us. As Christian disciples, we face temptation from three different angles, from the world, from our own nature, and supremely by Satan. It is not just temptation that Jesus means here though, but also the trials of life. The Christian disciple is to overcome both temptations and trials in order that their character may, may, through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit, become more like Jesus Christ, the Master. Deliver. This is better translated as evil one rather than evil. Satan is the one who tempts the Christian disciple. It is he who leads the world and our old nature to tempt us. It is he who suggests to the Christian disciple not to forgive others and to trust in themselves for their own needs. It is he who does not want God to be number one or for his will to be done on earth as in heaven. It is he who does not want God's kingdom to be spread. Neither does he want Jesus Christ to return in majesty and glory. Therefore, as Christian disciples, we are to pray for these things and that we need to rely and trust on God for delivering from Satan, who wants to snatch the Christian disciples' inner joy and dependence upon God. Your power. How can God deliver us from temptation, trials and Satan? He can because he is always all-powerful and eternally almighty. Christian disciples are to rely on God's strength to overcome temptation, trials and Satan and not to rely on their own strength. By relying on their own strength, failure is imminent, but by trusting in God and his power and strength, overcoming temptation, trials and Satan is assured. Your glory! What is the aim of a Christian disciple? To give all glory to God regardless of what personal achievements have been gained. His glory is to be our supreme concern so that God is number one in the life of the Christian disciple, that his will is done in the Christian disciple and in the world, and that his kingdom continues to spread and grow, 
until Jesus Christ himself returns in majesty and glory. For more to think about, please do read for yourself Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend so that you can pray over any issues together? Question 1. In what ways can I as a Christian disciple adapt my prayers to follow this model given by Jesus? Question 2. How can my prayer life reflect attention on God's name, will and kingdom? Question 3. How often do I lead myself into temptation and blame others for it? As ever, if you have any comments to make on this, please do contact me at partake at hotmail.co.uk. Thank you, and 